the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle between Christ and Satan. This is no make-believe battle. This is no Star Wars conflict out in fictitious space. This is a real battle. There's a real Satan and there's a real Jesus. There are good angels and there are evil angels. And Satan is hell-bent at destroying your soul. And Jesus is heaven-bent at redeeming you and saving you. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Here now is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. This is related to the death and resurrection of Jesus. When we grasp the first part of the phrase, we echo the second part of the phrase. When we grasp that we overcome through the blood of the Lamb, and we grasp that our eternity is in heaven, and we grasp that whatever trials we face, we have a passport to eternity, we have a testimony to give. We recognize that God has changed us, transformed us from within. Now notice 1 John 5, verse 9 and 10. 1 John chapter 5, and you're looking there at verse 9 and 10. Notice the power of testimony. Power of testimony. 1 John 5, you're looking there at verse 9 and verse 10. When we come to the cross, we have a testimony. We have something to tell about God's goodness. We have something to tell about God's grace. We have something to tell about redemption. There is within us that desire to share the Christ that has transformed our lives. The more we love him, the more we share his grace with others. The more we love him, the more we testify of him. And the more we testify of him, the more we love him. So our own testimony strengthens our own faith as we share Jesus with others and are not silent about our testimony, our own faith increases. Notice 1 John chapter 5. You're looking there at verse 9 and 10. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he's testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. That's the phrase I want us to notice. Has the witness in himself. So when you come to Christ... When you're changed by his love, redeemed by his grace, you have a witness in yourself. The Holy Spirit works through you. You know, our faithfulness to Christ in sharing Christ is life transformational. In the book Desire of Ages, page 347, I read this statement. Our confession of his faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. We are to acknowledge his grace is made known through holy men of old. But that which will be the most effectual is the testimony of our own experience. When supported by a Christ-like life, the life of the one converted has an irresistible power 
that works for the salvation of souls. Our testimony is powerful. Think about it. The Samaritan woman comes to the well. She meets Christ. And this woman of ill repute goes back to Samaria, witnesses, and that entire area is impacted by the gospel. You think about the demoniacs. They're transformed in Decapolis, ten cities transformed by the gospel. Think about Peter, change. We talk about methods of evangelism. The best method is a man, a woman transformed by God's grace that's sharing Christ in the marketplace, sharing Christ at the school, sharing Christ in their university, sharing Christ with their neighbors. They are sharing what Christ has done in their life. What is the church? The church is the body of Christ, redeemed by the grace of Christ, out in the marketplace sharing the living Christ. You can put all the methods aside, but you give me a church filled with the Holy Spirit. You give me a church on its knees praying. You give me a church with people that are out there witnessing for Christ and they will find methods. They will find methods. They'll discover how to do a cooking school. They'll discover how to do a Daniel seminar. They'll discover how to do a Bible study. They'll discover how to do children's ministry. They will use their gifts for Christ. Why? Because they have been so transformed by the grace of Christ that they are moved and you cannot keep them silent. They overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And by what? The word of their testimony. We overcome Satan in our lives by the word of our own testimony. And we overcome Satan in the community as we testify. Our testimony is powerful. We overcome Satan by it. Satan's forces killed Jesus. But did that stop his testimony? Not at all. And it's not going to stop our testimonies either today. We may lose our life, but the testimony of our life will go on. Stephen was martyred. Did that stop his testimony? Not at all. All the apostles except John were killed, but did that stop their testimony? Not at all. Beaten, shipwrecked, imprisoned, tried, condemned. Did that stop Paul's testimony? He just went on testifying and testifying and testifying. Now think about it. Think of some of the great people down through the ages. Moses had the mission, although the Pharaoh might have had the position. Nebuchadnezzar had a position, but Daniel had the mission. King Ahasuerus had the position, but Esther had a mission. King Herod had the position, but John had the what? Mission. And when God changes your life and gives you a testimony, you now have a mission. You now have a purpose to live. You now have a reason to live. Joy fills your heart. You may not have the position, but you have the mission. We will triumph over the forces of hell as we sense that God has given us a testimony in our hearts. He's given us a reason to live for. He's given us something bigger than our jobs, bigger than a house, bigger than money. We may not have the position, but God has given us a mission. Now, the relationship between overcoming and our testimony. What is the relationship between overcoming and our testimony? First, When we sense that Christ has put a testimony in our hearts, when we sense that we have a mission for Christ, we're driven to our knees in prayer. If anything calls us to pray, it's our need for the Spirit's power to reach others. Sharing our testimony with others strengthens our own faith because we're led to a deeper prayer experience. We recognize when we're witnessing to others that we cannot but God can. We recognize that the only way that their hearts will be opened and their lives will be changed is if God does something. We can't do that. We may desire to do it, but we can't do it. 
So the reason we are strengthened spiritually when we witness to others, and the reason we're strengthened to overcome, is because of the fact that we're led to prayer. Secondly, expression deepens impression. If you have impression without expression, that leads to depression. Impression without expression leads to depression, okay? So, you come to church on Sabbath, and you get spiritually fed, and you're getting fatter and fatter and fatter spiritually, and you don't exercise by sharing your faith, you're going to die spiritually. But when you come to church, and you're spiritually fed, you get impressed, and you go out and express it, your faith grows. So when the church is in the marketplace witnessing for Christ in every single area, it is a church that is growing in their faith. Now, there's a statement in Acts of the Apostles. It's really interesting. It's found on page 105. You want to mark this one down, read the whole chapter. Acts of the Apostles 105. Here it is. It's talking about the apostles and how the church grew big and large and how faith waned. Notice. Success had attended the ministry of the word in that place, Jerusalem. There was danger that the disciples would linger there too long, unmindful of the Savior's commission to go into all the world, forgetting that strength to resist evil is best gained by aggressive service. Can you say that with me? Strength to resist evil. Together now, let's go. Strength to resist evil is best gained by aggressive service. Once again. Strength to resist evil is best gained by aggressive service. So if I want to be strong to resist evil, what does it say in Revelation 12, 11? They overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb? What else? The word of their testimony. But you go on with this statement. It's interesting. Forgetting that strength to resist evil is best gained by aggressive service. They began to think. What did they do? They began to think that they had no work so as important as that of shielding the church in Jerusalem from the attacks of the enemy. So here's what happened. They thought their work, oh, I've got to protect the church from all the attacks of the enemy. And they focused inward. Any church that focuses predominantly inward. When that church board meetings are talking more about the church than about outreach, if that is a church, I'm glad that's not our church, any church that's dealing with all of its problems and everything is focused inward, that church is going to die. The church that has an outward focus, the church that has a burden for the community, the members that care about people's souls that are lost and going, you know where they're going, they're not going to heaven, they're going to the other place. A church that doesn't have that passion, doesn't have that commitment, doesn't have that fire in its bones, that church may be 150 today, but it'll be 80 tomorrow, 30 the next day, people will move away, other people get old, they'll die. But a church... That is a passion for souls. Not only will it grow numerically, but its members are going to be growing spiritually. God has a ministry for you. God has not called you here to warm a place in the pew every Sabbath. This is where we come to be inspired. This is where we come to be encouraged. This is where we come to be motivated. This is where we come to be trained. This is where we come to get the spiritual nourishment to go out and witness. And as we do that, what happens? Our faith grows. Somebody says, everybody can't witness the same way. Everybody doesn't have the same spiritual gifts. Witnessing is not a spiritual gift. 
Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com, or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. Witnessing is not a spiritual gift. Witnessing is a role that God gives every Christian. The gift you have is to help you accomplish the role. You may have the gift of compassion. You may sit and write letters. You may be older. You might not be able to go door to door. But you might write letters to somebody else. You might send a little email to them. You might call them on the phone to encourage them. You see, God uses our different gifts, but the object of every gift... The object of every gift is to win somebody that doesn't know Christ to Christ. That's the object. What else enables us to overcome as we witness? Why is witnessing so powerful? Why does Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb? First, because it leads us to pray when we witness. Second, it strengthens our faith as we witness. Thirdly, thirdly, We enter into the joy of Jesus. Look, Zephaniah, Zephaniah, little tiny book, chapter 3, verse 17. Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17. You know, when you get involved in witnessing, you enter into the joy of Jesus. There is no greater joy in your life than sharing Christ with somebody else. There's no greater joy in your life than knowing this Christ and sharing this Christ. Zephaniah, you're looking there at chapter 3. The wonderful little passage. And you're going to look down, let your eyes drop down to Zephaniah chapter 3. We're going to look at verse. Now that's not Zachariah, but it is Zephaniah. You see that? Notice what the scripture says. It says, the Lord your God in the midst, the mighty one will save. He will do what? What does it say? He'll rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with in his love. He'll rejoice over you in singing. When a man or woman comes to Christ, Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God in your midst, he's the mighty one and he'll save. He'll rejoice over you with gladness. When you and I open our hearts to Jesus, he is singing in heaven. He's rejoicing. And when you share Christ, when you share Jesus with somebody that you work with, when you give people a piece of literature when you give them a book, when you pray for people, when you work with some young people, what does it say? It says, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He'll quiet you in his love. He'll rejoice over you with singing. When we participate in sharing our faith, we participate in the joy of Jesus. Listen, Desire of Ages, 182. God could have reached his object in saving sinners without our aid. But in order for us to develop a character like Christ's, 
we must share in his work. Notice, in order to enter into his joy, the joy of seeing souls redeemed by his sacrifice, we must participate in his labors for their redemption. When we get involved and go out of ourselves selflessly to be involved with other people, to share Jesus with them, to use our gifts, we grow in faith. And our faith grows and grows and grows as we witness the soul we save may be our own. Witnessing leads us to a deeper prayer life. Witnessing leads us to a deeper life of faith. And witnessing leads us to experience life's greatest joy. There's no greater joy than seeing somebody come to Jesus. There's no greater joy than seeing somebody redeemed for the kingdom of God. Purpose fills your life. Back to Revelation 12, verse 11. Three things about the text. Revelation 12, verse 11. First, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb through the cross of Calvary. Second, they overcame him through the word of their testimony. We grow in faith as we testify. Third thing, Revelation 12, verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to death. What does this mean, they did not love their lives unto death? It means this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 explains this. Matthew 16 and verse 25. Matthew 16 and verse 25. What does it mean, they love not their lives unto death? Matthew 16, verse 25. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it again. If we are willing to lose our lives in service for Christ, leaving aside our selfish desires, we'll truly find them again. When we are willing to live a life of unselfish service, we discover life's true meanings. When we minister to others, we are ministered to ourselves by Christ. The joy of our lives overflows as we minister to others. When we are willing to give our lives away, God gives them back to us. As most of you know, Just a few weeks ago, we were in Beirut, Lebanon. We had scores of Muslims coming to our meetings. They were Syrian refugees, had fled from Syria. We had many Iraqis coming to our meetings as well. After one of the meetings, the leader of our work in an unnamed Muslim country came to me. I had heard his story before, but I had never met him. This was not his country. And he said, Mark, can we talk? I said, sure. So on a Sabbath afternoon, we were eating lunch. We had prepared boxed lunches. We were out under a tree, and he came up, and he said, can we talk? He said, you know, I was kidnapped twice. I said, I'm aware of that. And sometimes when a person goes through the experience of kidnapping, it is so traumatic and so horrible, they don't want to talk about it. But there are times that it's very cathartic. And often as I travel, I meet with Adventist world leaders, and we talk about the challenges, the difficulties, the heartaches that they have gone through. And so he wanted to talk. And he said, can I tell you what happened? I said, sure. He said, I was leaving church in this country on Sabbath morning, and as I left, a car blocked me from the front, and another car blocked me from the back. 
The terrorists dragged me out of the car, ripping my shirt, stuffed me in the back seat of another car, and put a blanket over me and forced me to lay down. He then said, They drove me around that capital city for about two hours to disorient me, because I knew the city really well. And then they took me to a room and locked me in it at the terrorists' headquarters. They told me that I was on trial for blasphemy against the prophet, and that there were seven charges against me, that I could not be at the trial. He then told me, he said, Pastor Mark, of course, I said nothing. I'm a Christian. I simply talked about Jesus. Said nothing about the Muslim prophet. He said, after a couple hours, they came back. And the terrorist leader took a gun and he put it to my head. And he said to me, you say these words after me. There is only one God, and Allah is his name, and Mohammed is his prophet. He said, I looked up at him, and he said, Pastor Mark, I told him, I can't say that. I've committed my life to Christ. I'm a committed Christian. I cannot say that. He cocked the gun, put it to my head, and he said, I'll give you one more chance. You say, there is only one God, and Allah is his name, and Mohammed is his prophet. He said, Pastor Mark, I can't say that. He said, I told him, I can't say that. I'm a Christian. I love Christ. And he said, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to blow your brains out. He repeated again, I cannot say that. I'm a Christian. He said, I love Jesus. And he said, in fact, I love all human beings, whoever they are, in the love of Christ. The terrorist put down the gun, and this is what he told him. He said, had you said those words, I knew that you would be a fraud. I knew you'd be a fake I knew you'd be a liar, and I was testing you. I'm not going to kill you. Had you said those words to try to save your life, you would have been dead immediately. He was held for ransom. Finally, we got him out, and now he's in another country. I've thought about that story so often. Often, one tries to preserve their life. Living a life that largely focuses on what I want to do. Jesus said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You're an overcomer. By faith, you have a passport to heaven. Eternal life is yours in Jesus. Jesus finished his work on the cross for you. We overcome him, and our faith strengthens as we share that faith with others. And as we give our life for something noble and don't try to hold on to it, Christ gives us our life back again. The battle on earth wages. But Jesus is victorious because he's finished it for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that we are weak but you're strong. Thank you that you are victorious. Thank you that we have a story to tell. Thank you that we may not have the greatest position, but we have a mission. Thank you that we are overcomers because Christ overcame. We're overcomers because he conquered. Thank you that Jesus has given us the title deed for heaven. Thank you that we can grow as we share our faith. Thank you as we give our life away, we can have it again. Thank you that the battle wages 
that in our hearts we know it is finished. In Jesus' name, amen. When you leave today, go knowing that Jesus Christ has won the battle for you. Disappointment, yes. Trial, yes. Obstacles, yes. Setbacks, yes. But certain victory in Jesus Christ our Lord. Go and tell the story. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Fenley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.